Hello, welcome to Aboriginal Way Radio. I'm Lucy Kingston. Today on the show, we find out about work the Ghana and other communities are doing to return old people whose remains have been disturbed back to country. We speak to Ghana Naranjeri Yunkuntjara man Alan Sumner, who's been involved with recent repatriations in Adelaide, and he's also working on some upcoming international repatriations. That's coming up on the show in just a while. First up, let's listen to Emily Waramara and Stomping Ground. Emily Waramara, Stomping Ground. This is Aboriginal Way Radio. On Tuesday the 3rd of March, Ghana community members respectfully reburied the remains of ancestors, disturbed during the construction of the Northern Connector and other infrastructure projects in the region. Ghana Naranjeri Yunkunjara man Alan Sumner was a part of that very moving ceremony and I spoke to him to find out more about the repatriation at his studio in Aldinga this week. We were told about the old people that were dug up that come from three different areas of the suburbs. Um, and so we had, out of the 13 uh, old people that were um, discovered, they were the only parts of those remains were actually taken. They were representative of different areas. So we had uh, the southern, western and northern. And so out of those 13 remains, we had a mixture of gender um, uh, male and female but also age also so we had a few young people in there we also had uh, a baby uh, that was represented in that in that group of old people uh, but we also had uh, a group of older men uh, that were also as part of that collection now we um, obviously when we find remains it's it's upsetting for our community uh, for the Ghana community and since the turn of the century you know a lot of the remains of our old people have been dug up or disturbed uh, from their natural state. Uh, Sam's or their same museum have always been a, a keeping place for our remains uh, however um, your, our work continues to work closely with Sam's around getting all the information that we need uh, including provenance um, and also how uh, more information on how the remains were found, direct locations, uh, etc. Um, I think for the Ghana community, what we know is that the South Australian Museum holds up to 800 uh, remains of our old people that do have provenance. And when I say provenance, I mean location of where those actual remains were found. And, they, and Sam's has been, a, I guess, a storing house or a keeping place for those remains over the years. We also have an additional 800 remains that don't have any provenance from that area. And so this is concerning for us because over the years, we, we still today, we do not know everything about the remains that we do have there at the South Australian Museum. So as an ongoing process, and we believe that the process will happen, this country will still be developed. The city of Adelaide will continue their development. 
what we are trying to do as Ghana people is to be able to work with developers and to obviously maintain our rights as Aboriginal people um, in terms of cultural heritage um, and making sure that those who are involved in in um, disturbing the remains of our old people uh, are brought to account and work with us to make sure that uh, if any developments are happening on those parts of the, the land is that Ghana people are there. We have our cultural heritage monitors, uh, we have our archaeologists, our anthropologists on side to make sure that we stop work, we make sure that we assess the area and uh, I think there's still some more work that needs to be done in, in that because we do have the, the issue with uh, recovering some of the remains of our old people, but then the other half or how many percent is left in those sites undisturbed. Which brings us to another question around the repatriation. And um, for instance, this particular repatriation that happened on Port Wakefield Road in the northern suburbs, um, we were able to identify three different areas. North, uh, so we had north, uh, western, and southern. And so those the remains of our old people were split up into those three categories. And then. Uh, we worked with Lend-Lease uh, to get an operator to be able to um, uh, dig out the burial. And we did that in a way where we had Aboriginal people on the, uh, uh, operating the machinery and guiding that process about how we would set up that reburial. So we had uh, some stairways into the holes. Uh, we had three different sections but they were all connected, so we were representing the south. So there was a, uh, a burial with the southern, burial with the western, and a burial with the northern, and each of those remains were placed in, in each of those areas. Uh, that, took, that process just in itself took over an hour to make sure that the, all our remains of our old people were laid out appropriately and respectfully before we then, the rest of the repat team then came and uh, we had a lot of sand that we were able to put over those remains, built up that, that level to a certain point uh, before we started to fill in with soil. Um, now that process actually took two days. So we had people arrive on a Monday morning. Uh, some even arrived Sunday afternoon to start setting up the, the camp. As part of our uh, uh, repat program is that we, we camp out there, we put a fire on the ground and we start to talk about the process. Uh, this is a process that we haven't been doing for many years. Uh, it's new to us and so it's important for us as Ghana people to sit around the fire, talk about those protocols and those processes on how we do it and so that we're all in agreement together. Um, many of us have, have Ghana people, we have different ideas or different knowledges about reburials, but uh, everyone has a different opinion about it. So it's important for us to sit by the fire, to come together, to tell those stories and, and uh, be in agreement together around the process and how we actually do that. And we support each other in doing that. The reason why that we, we do that is because we have uh, our old people represented there. 
uh, but we also have our younger generation represented there. And so to pass on these stories, to pass on those narratives, uh, those, those cultural knowledges to our young people is very important, particularly in this process, because we know that this is, this is going to continue to happen. And if we don't pass that on to our young people, those knowledges will be lost. Um, it's a sad time for us as Ghana people. Uh, there's an ugliness about it, uh, the fact that we, you know, we, we're put in this position to, to be able to do this. Um, but we know that it, it is the right thing to do. Um, and we believe that you know our, our ancestors have been uh, locked up for many years, either in boxes or on shelves. They've been studied. They've been you know uh, seen as specimens to many people all over the world. In fact, we probably have at least sixty thousand remains of our old people all over the world that were collected at the turn of the century. Um, I believe the museum and other uh, departments uh, have a lot of, to answer for, for uh, letting go of our old people and the nature of how they were traded and sold back in the day. Um, and so we, we're continuing to hear stories about grave robbers and um, the different deals and things that happen with our old people so, you know, we sit there and discuss that. Here we are at that turn of the century now where we are, we're finding out this information. We've got now people working in the SA Museum, Aboriginal people working in there, and starting to get the logs back of all these old records of, our, of the remains to go through the provenance. Um, and the more information that we receive, we're able to line that up with a lot of uh, old literature that has been put out over the years and lining up where different ancestral remains have been coming from, um, which includes local council areas right across uh, the Adelaide Plains. And so this process is this, is... this all happens in our backyard. There is a national side to the repatriation, and the fact is that uh, we are now identifying through the records that the same museum has... Uh, where a lot of those old people's remains actually went to. So we've had collections from uh, Germany, from London, and now we, we've, we're working closely with the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C., where they also have the remains of some of our old people. Um, so recent developments, we have now moved into uh, a process where we'll do a... Um, it's a bit of a reciprocal sort of relationship that we'll have with the Smithsonian Museum, but uh, upon them releasing the remains of our old people to bring back to their country, we'll also gift the Smithsonian Museum uh, in, a, in a gift uh, from Ghana, uh, but we're also representing uh, Ngarindjiri as well. So we're picking up a, a, a younger woman um, who... Uh, belongs to the Ngarindjiri and uh, we're also picking up an older man who belongs to Ghana which I believe has provenance to Plimpton and so our return will be on the 31st of March from Washington again we're hoping that um, we would like to have our own keeping place privately keeping place uh, uh, like Camp Kurong who 
the the remains of our old people are kept in a keeping place by the people as opposed to at the moment we have Ghana and our keeping place is the South Australian Museum what we need as Ghana people is a keeping place for ourselves so as we uh, are made aware of our remains being dug up at the country we don't have to put them in the care of the South Australian Museum. We'll have our own keeping place where we have total control of how they were found, all the information, the maps, uh, the locations um, for us as Ghana people. Um, that just makes the process a lot easier for us to start um, making informed choices around how we do those reburials without having red tape to stop us from actually doing that. Thank you. I would just like to ask, so that trip to the Smithsonian, which you've explained, can you tell me um, who will be going and just a little bit more about that, that trip? Sure. Uh, we have governing bodies that represent each cultural group. Uh, so for the Adelaide Plains, we have um, CAIAG, which is a governing committee, which also uh, approves the representative that will uh, go over to uh, the Smithsonian Museum. At this stage, um, I will be going as a representative, uh, but also one of the leaders of the repatriation program. Um, and we are also taking with us Jamie Goldsmith, who is another cultural bearer for Ghana. Uh, he'll be coming over as well. We'll be leaving on, the, on March the 22nd. Um, uh, we had uh, I'm going to be representing Ngarinjiri uh, also this is sort of some recent developments that have happened um, but because of uh, Ngarinjiri's position at this stage they have asked that I represent Ngarinjiri and now uh, Jamie going to be representing Ghana. So between us both, we're going to we're going to do that handover together. Uh, it will be a time where myself and Jamie Goldsmith will work very closely with Kayag and Uncle Jeffrey around what that process might look like. I'll be speaking with um, uh, Ngarindiri around that process. And together we'll take over what we need. There are certain materials that we would like to take over for uh, smoking and, and that healing process when we do collection. Um, these are issues that we need to sort out in the airport, of course, and find out what materials we can actually take overseas. But we want it to be very respectful. Uh, we also are looking at um, making um, contact with... Um, the First Nations people from that area um, to to be with us at the time for the handover. Um, it's something that we feel is respectful, uh, but also for the First Nations people uh, of that area, for them to come in also is something special for them because it's about, you know, our culture is about giving and receiving gifts and that's what we would like to do in that exchange, but also an opportunity to catch up with delegates there um, to build those connections, those close relationships with the Smithsonian Museum, because I believe that there are many more of our ancestors there, and there will be a second trip to Washington later on in the year for the collection of, of another lot of ancestral remains. Mm. 
So it seems like we're, we are in an era where the community and organisations internationally are recognised, I guess, the wrong that has been done with um, remains of ancestors. But that is quite a challenge for Aboriginal nations and Aboriginal communities that you're grappling with. What, you, you've talked about a lot, but what do you think are the biggest challenges for dealing with, I guess, more of the influx that's probably coming in? I think the biggest challenges uh, for us as Ghana people on the Adelaide Plains is um, the coming together of all the clan groups. Um, we, for many years, a lot of information has been lost, uh, particularly around our, you know, our traditional ways of living here on the Ghana Plains. Our landscape has changed phenomenally um, with the introduction of buildings and, you know, I guess the development of Adelaide has had a rippling effect on the culture. Um, and so through that process, you know, we, we went through that assimilation process. We went through, uh, you know, uh, a white Australia policy. We looked at, you know, we've gone through colonials. We have, we've survived on this country, but we've lost a lot of knowledge in doing so. So we're reading through the eyes of... Um, uh, colonists back in those times who reported um, how our people were living on the country. Um, the SA Museum holds a lot of documents through Tyndale's records. And so we're trying to piece together our knowledges. And as it sits as a Ghana collective uh, of people on this country, is that we're working out what knowledges uh, people have uh, so that we can piece together, I guess, and look at the reclamation of our language and our cultural knowledges. Uh, who does that is probably the biggest issue is because because we've lost that much, um, there is an onus on leaders and others that are coming through as cultural bearers to maintain that knowledge but also to continue uh, getting that knowledge uh, wherever it may come from. There are others that are choose to... Um, just let it happen, um, not necessarily get involved um, as such. But for those that wanting to learn more about who they are, their identity, their culture, their language, where they come from, their roots, um, there's strength in that. And it's not until the Ghana community sees that, you know, uh, there's more to life than, you know, living in the status quo and saying, you know, oh, well, you know, our culture's gone, it's finished, you know, what's the worth pursuing, you know, my language and things like that. But there are a lot of rewards in that. And I guess what we've got to learn as the Ghana people is that we've got to learn to work together to share the information that we've got, to not get caught up in the political arena that, you know, it's not uh, about who holds what knowledge and the power plays that may happen between our people groups. And, you know, I believe those times are gone and we need to all come to the table and come to, to terms with what's happened on our country uh, and to admit that not every person knows everything about who we are and where we come from is that we're learning that process today. Uh, so... You know, I encourage our own community to um, get behind uh, what we're trying to achieve, um, and that is one: bringing our culture back, bringing back our our protocols, bringing back our language, 
it's going to be a hard journey, but we, we're, we're doing it. We've got the uh, Ghana language group now, uh, KWY, or uh, um, the Ghana Warapaninthi group, who are now, uh, with the help of Rob Amory and Jack Buckskin and other leaders that are now starting to pave uh, a really good pathway for our young people to start learning uh, the Ghana language. So as we as we learn the language, that will make us stronger as a people. It's, this will strengthen the process of uh, repatriation and our reburials, um, the use of language in in those ceremonies. It only empowers us as a people uh, when we t- come together for meetings to talk about whether it be native title determination and other aspects of a, of our country that we want to speak to. If we can speak to each other in our language, that will empower us as a people. And so I really believe that that will strengthen this process of repatriation. Ghana, Naranjera, Yunkun Jaraman, Alan Sumner, speaking about the challenges of repatriation for the Ghana and other communities. Of course, the trip to Washington he spoke about is now dependent on developments with the coronavirus and America's decision on travel. As well as being an active community member who's involved with repatriation, Alan's a visual artist and cultural advisor. You can find out more about him on the Aboriginal Way website, nativetitlesa.org slash Aboriginal way. Thanks for listening to Aboriginal Way Radio this week. The show is brought to you by South Australian Native Title Services. I'll leave you with Kata Jala Kiri Dara and Noora, Rain Song. See you later. <laughs>